0: Welcome to Textination. Joining us is Christian Weedblock, the founder and CEO of a company called Xanadu. Thanks for joining us, Christian.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me, Fred.
0: Well, you're a Canadian company, a leader in photonic quantum computing, and you've announced the release of the world's first publicly available photonic quantum cloud platform. I'll let you explain to us what that means.
1: Thanks, Fred. Yeah, it is a, a bit of a mouthful for sure, uh, but it's an extremely important day, uh, not only for Xanadu, but we believe for the wider quantum computing community as well. Uh, essentially, the way to think about this announcement is, is go back to what we do know. So we do know uh, AWS and Azure and cloud computing is a big thing, uh, and really that allows people to log in from anywhere around the world and use uh, their computing power. Well, the same thing applies here to the Xanadu quantum cloud. Wherever you are around the world, you can sign up and log in and have access to photonic quantum computers, quantum chips, silicon photonic chips, which is really exciting. This is a world first. Uh, No one's actually uh, put a quantum photonic computer on the cloud uh, anywhere in the world. And we're really excited about it.
0: Well, describe for us what uh, photonic computing is, quantum computing.
1: Yeah, maybe one place is to sort of unpack quantum computing. So essentially a quantum computer is a new type of computer that runs on different laws of physics. So before quantum computers, every other device, computing device, ran on the physics of traditional physics, Newtonian physics, uh, as it, as it's known. But now this new phase of computing leverages properties of quantum physics, really crazy things like entanglement and superposition principle, which you may have heard of, which superposition principle tells you you can have instead of, two bits of information, zero or one, you can have both at the same time. And it really leads to this uh, exponential type of power. Uh, So what what that means is you can actually now um, have a photonic version of this. Uh, There's other types of quantum computers out there that essentially the electronic version, the quantum version of electronics, uh, we've taken a different route that's using light or photonics. So think fiber optics, beam splitters, phase shifters, things of that nature. Uh, And we've built a quantum computer out of that.
0: So it's it's using light basically, is what you're saying to send the data exactly.
1: Think of la- yeah, exactly. Think of laser beams. Uh, that's that's probably the, the, the best way to think about it. And using these laser beams, we can manipulate them in a certain way to extract these really cool, interesting properties of quantum physics.
0: So how do you uh, how do you apply this? What 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 is done then with this with the, with your customers? What what's the process?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So the key thing here is, customers now have have choices in quantum computing. It's a fascinating time to be part of this industry. So you have not only the Xanadu cloud, but others. Now the reason why you'd like to use the Xanadu cloud is you have a different set of applications for customers that are not available on any other uh, cloud platform. So kind of think of it as an app store, uh, but you can download all these different types of apps. Now it's a a very early part of the industry. You know, this is gonna be transformative transformation of. And and um, you know one of the things is it's going to affect uh, finance it's going to affect uh, pharma it's going to affect all sorts of industries uh, material design so customers from those industries the early adopters uh, they'll be using uh, our, our platform uh, to really understand how the platform works so once we scale up Uh, to meaningful problems, uh, they're ready to take advantage. It's a very hard technology, but we're on the cusp now of of really scaling up to uh, meaningful problems to be solved over the next couple of years.
0: And are your customers primarily corporations, academia? Who who are you working with?
1: Yeah, we're working with um, all those. So it's really where are the early adopters? Where are the people that really know about quantum computing and the scientists associated with that? So like you mentioned, large corporations, uh, pharma and finance, good examples there. Um, also, um, you can think of government labs uh, in the US and here in Canada and also universities as well. These are where the real people that uh, understand quantum and can really take advantage of it.
0: Now, everyone has heard of, uh, you know, the, the big mainframes over the years, uh, the mm-hmm. supercomputers at, at IBM like Watson and whatnot. Are you tackling the same kinds of problems that, uh, that, uh, that they've uh, publicized there?
1: Yeah, I, I would say uh, those, you know, fascinating large computers like Watson and all these supercomputers—they're still normal computers, although you know, very much more powerful than the computers we have at home. Uh, quantum computing is really throwing away a lot of that way of doing computing. And uh, we can unlock problems, not yet, but in the future, this is a promise of quantum. We can unlock problems that actually cannot be unlocked, even with the world's largest supercomputers. So a good example, um, you know, with drug discovery, it it takes over a billion dollars to find a new drug from end to end process. And a lot of this is is about how do you simulate what, what sort of drugs are the best to actually synthesize? Uh, there's a lot of trial and error, a lot of heuristics with these sorts of developments. But in principle, a quantum computer can speed this up, you know, taking things that may take years to, in principle, a couple of months. Um, so pharma is a great example. It's it's wherever there are uh, tough computational problems that are at the heart of what customers are trying to solve. So pharma and finance are two great examples.
0: Right. And uh, obviously, in the, uh, the situation that the world finds itself in today, the sooner we we get this plugged in, <laughs> the better it sounds like.
1: Uh, exactly right. Um, you know, the key point is you read a lot of about the media and it seems like, uh, you know, the most powerful type of quantum computer is available today. That's not true. But, you know, we're on that path. Um, so even though quantum computer is not going to provide any any help today, say with COVID, you know, the real hope of quantum computing is in things like maybe future pandemics where uh, we can actually use a quantum computer that can uh, simulate uh you know these these types of candidates uh much much faster so you know there's talks of maybe having a vaccine end of this year early next year um, you know if we could speed that up by 6 months uh, the world would be off uh, in in a lot better place
0: now how expensive is this for uh for your customers in in comparison to using other types of computing
1: yeah i would say um you know compare it to uh compare it to what traditional uh Quantum cloud computers are offering at the moment, so it's it's fairly inexpensive. Uh, so there's other cloud providers along with us. I would say it's it's cheaper than traditional uh, computers. It really depends on what problem are you trying to solve. Uh, but for us, you know, the early adopters, as I mentioned before, they're willing to pay these these prices um, and and have a lot of cloud time because they really see the transformative. Uh, aspects of this this computing uh, platform, and they know that if they miss miss the boat now, it's going to be a high cost later on. So it's it's a good way to start saving money now.
0: And uh, is it going to be a crowded space? Do you think, or is there, are the uh, uh, barriers too high?
1: Well, that's interesting. You can actually it feels so crowded now. We started uh, four years ago, and there was very few people. Um, now, if you look at certain sites, there's probably fifty to one hundred quantum companies. Um, I would say you can break these companies down to the ones that are providing hardware and then separately the ones that are providing software, quantum software. Now, Xanadu is great. It's one of the unique ones that does both. Uh, But the barrier to entry you talked about, it's much easier to start a software company, whether it's quantum or classical, you know, you don't have to pay for the large overhead of the hardware and labs and so forth. Um, So you're seeing more and more companies uh, populating that area. Um, you are seeing a few more in the hardware space, but it's less so. I would say it's dramatically different from the, from the software side.
0: Really interesting. And in in terms of getting uh, people to be able to program to make use of the, the quantum computers, are there issues with that? Is it is it different from traditional programming?
1: Yeah, it's it's it, you know fundamentally the theory is extremely different. Uh, it's also you know at the same time very fascinating. What we've done at Xanadu, Uh our main software product is actually called Penny Lane, after the, the great uh, Beatles, uh, Beatles song. <laughs> and uh, watch it you all sing. Think of that a... <laughs> I know now you're tempting me. Maybe we could do a, the chorus together later on. But it's uh, you know it's, it's a famous, famous song, obviously, and uh, we're really inspired by the Beatles or just in general greatness. Uh, but but uh, you can think of Penny Lane as being the, uh, the TensorFlow for quantum computing. TensorFlow is is really for developers that can um, develop AI algorithms, uh, non-quantum algorithms on GPUs without having to worry about how does a GPU work. And uh, we've done the same thing. So it is, uh, you know, fundamentally understanding the the theory behind this for software is complex, but we've abstract all that away and developers can start using Penny Lane and and also our cloud platform uh, using say, you know, already pre-existing um, alg- um, uh, languages such as um, Python, for instance. So if you know Python, then you can actually just start using it straight away. It's a very fascinating thing to do, and knowing that you're actually part of a new type of uh, computing landscape is extremely exciting.
0: For more information, where can people go?
1: Yes, please uh, go to xanadu.ai, and you can see all about our hardware and also all about Penny Lane and, and other things that we're offering at the moment.
0: And again, that's X A N A. D-U dot A-I?
1: Correct, that's right.
0: Christian Weedblock, thanks for taking the time with us.
1: No problem. Thanks again, Fred.
0: Now this. How many companies out there have continued to innovate when it comes to building a better radio? I'm Fred Fishkin, host of Nation, and I'm here to tell you about the new CC SkyWave SSB radio from the wonderful people at Crane. Bob and his crew really love radio, And it shows in this new compact model that is packed with features. Beyond great AM and FM reception and sound, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world, listen to ham radio operators, aviation, and more. It's the radio you'll turn to every day and in emergencies. It will run for nearly three days on just two AA batteries. Pair the sleep timer with the new SoftSpeaker 3, and you've got the perfect radio for your nightstand. Of course, it can wake you up, too. Click on Seacrane at textnation.com and put in the code TEXTINATION for a free flashlight with your order. They love radio, and you'll love Seacrane.